brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I missed y'all. Okay, this last week has been a lot of things. Um, we out here still trying to fight uh, that Rona, that Coco. Okay, so work has been crazy. School has been crazy. I'm exhausted, and so I had to take some respite. And I missed y'all, but I got to work today. Okay, so we are hopping back into our conversation about our squads, squad goals. And today we're talking about Judas yeah, J Judas, <laughs> Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus, um, and just what we can learn from that relationship. And at first, when I was in my prayer time, I was like, really, God? <laughs> you always talk about Judas. I don't know if I like Judas like that. Um, but it's really about what we can learn in our own relationships as it regards to the relationship between Judas and Jesus, <clears throat> and then how that correlates in our own relationships, right? So, you know, have you ever experienced a Judas? Like when you look at your circle, have you ever had any kind of like hesitation of building a circle again because you had a Judas and you feel like, you know what I'm saying? I don't ever want to put myself in a position like that again. Are you allowing that relationship that you had with the Judas to not have you be in relationship with other people? Like, what if Jesus would have did that to us? What if you would have been like, nah, one of you little heathens betrayed me. Forget all y'all. <laughs> I ain't being in community with y'all no more. <laughs> right? Thank God that Jesus is not like that. That he is just far greater than any of us even deserve. Um, but I wanted to really dig into and learn a little bit more about 
um, just the relationship between Judas and Jesus and what that could correlate to in our own lives. And it really kind of started with the um, documentary that my husband and I watched. It's called The Countdown to Calvary. It's on Netflix. Um, I highly recommend everybody take a break from watching Tiger King and watch <laughs> um, The Countdown to Calvary. It's about an hour and it was just really awesome um, to learn about some of the history that was taking place in that week um, prior to um, and leading up to Jesus's um, crucifixion. And so it goes from the day that he came into Jerusalem all the way to the day that he ended up um, being crucified. And it, they talk about Judas and what could have led to his, I, you know, his mind to even betray Jesus. Um, and there was just a lot of historical things and it really just brought a lot of things that may seem mythical. Um, when you read about them in your Bible, like they had artifacts, they showed, um, the, like a tablet that, uh, Pilate had wrote on and they showed like the bone box of Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time. And so to me, it just was really dope to understand a lot more of the history, um, of the time when Jesus was there and walking around and they showed like remnants of the temple and it was dope. Okay. Like I was like, wow, Jesus walked these streets. <laughs> right. So I highly recommend it's called countdown to Calvary. It's on Netflix. Um, and it was really good, but back into this. So Judas Iscariot, because you have to, you have to know which Judas we're talking about. So Judas was a popular name back in those times. And so there are multiple Judases mentioned in the Bible. So the Judas that we know as the disciple, the one who um, handed Jesus over or portrayed Jesus is Judas Iscariot. Um, and he was one of the 12 disciples. He was most notably um, known as the one who portrayed Jesus. And he turned Jesus over to the priest for 30 pieces of silver. And so because I'm a nerd, I was like, how much money is this? <laughs> and I Googled it. Um, and just try to find like what the equivalent would be $600. He betrayed Jesus for six, $600. Hmm. Okay. $600. Let that sink into your spirit. He betrayed Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords for $600. Okay, Judas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sir. Um, and what was so interesting to me is I continue to hop into this or dig deep into um, kind of Judas's life and his relationship with Jesus was the fact that Jesus knew that, Je that Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. Even with that, Jesus still ate with him. Jesus still washed his feet. Jesus knew that the betrayal was a bigger part of God's plan to get Jesus to the cross and for us to be saved. But that does not mean that Judas was not held responsible um, for the consequences of his actions. And in my reading um, and in my research, I was trying to find out like, okay, so if you don't know the story of what happened to Judas after the fact, so after the fact, he felt guilty. He did not feel repentant, but he felt guilty. So he tried to go take them the $600 back and they was like, 
Nah, we don't. Nah, bruh. This blood money, homie. It didn't go like that in the Bible, but that's how I read the Bible. Like, they was like, nah, nah, you did it. So, so he threw the money down. He left the money and, um, he went out to a field and he hung himself. He committed suicide. And to me, it just speaks to the magnitude of, um, guilt that he felt, but he at no point, um, did he stop and repent, ask God for forgiveness, none of it. Um, he just hung himself and kind of let himself uh, go on to the place opposite of heaven. So when I was reading, I was like, is Judas, Judas gets it? Nah, Judas ain't saved. Judas is down there with the devil. Okay. So just in case y'all were wondering. So there were still consequences to his actions. Um, however, God is sovereign and he used it all as a part of his plan. Um, and so I wanted to know... Like, what things can we learn about relationships or friendships um, from the relationship between Judas and Jesus? And so there were two things that I was really interested in. And that was the fact that we can know that God can use anything and anyone for our good, even if it doesn't feel good. So if you've ever been in a situation where someone who you thought had your best interest or someone who you thought was a good friend of yours, where you've had them betray you on whatever level, um, God can use it as a lesson to teach you something, as a lesson to learn more about yourself, as a lesson to learn more about who he is and how he covers you and he protects you. Even though in the moment that betrayal did not feel good to you, Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for our good, for those who love the Lord. And so he will use things that even if they make you uncomfortable, even if they hurt for a season, he will use them to grow you and ultimately for you to learn a lesson and for your good. The second thing, so what happened, it worked out for our good, right? Amen. Like without Judas, Jesus would not have been, you know, betrayed and put on the cross and would not have truly died, you know, wouldn't, well, we don't know. God would have worked it out, but you know what I'm saying. He played an integral part in God completing the plan of salvation for us. And so even though it didn't feel good for Jesus, even though he knew he would be betrayed, even though, because he was all God and all man. So, you know, like that had to be hurtful to him just to know that this person who has walked with me um, for, this, for this length of time, and I believe G Judas walked with Jesus for three years, for the three years of his um, ministry, that he would betray him like that. And like we sitting here having dinner together and you know you're going to do this. We're sitting here and we are, I'm washing your feet and I know that you're going to do this to me. Um, but it still worked out for our good, right? And so because of Judas's actions, Jesus went to Calvary and he died for us and now we can be in relationship with him. And it really struck me too to be like, you know what, girl, let's make sure that you're not a Judas to Jesus. Oh, that's extra from the Holy Spirit. Let's make sure you're not a Judas to Jesus. Make sure that you're not betraying him, that you're not living in the world and living, you know, and calling yourself a Christian, doing things that you have no business doing. Are we also betraying Jesus in the way that we live our life? We can't be getting mad at Judas if you're doing it every day. Mm. Wow. Okay, Holy Spirit. All right. 
So let's let's identify our own relationships with Jesus too, and not just um, we can't all be you know oh I can't believe Judas would do God like that. Um, some of us are very inconsistent, me included. I'll be out here trying to work on my consistency day to day with God. Some of us are inconsistent. We only come to Him when we have our hands out. Like, come on now, don't be Judas in this season. You may not be able to go and betray him for $600, but you do it for a lot of other things. For that little boy you sleeping with. Mm? Okay, all right now. Um, so we know that God works all things out for our good. The second thing, we should be able to learn and identify and be able to identify Judas's that we may be surrounded by through the relationship between Jesus and Judas. So after studying this relationship, I should be able to go back and look at people who are close to me and be able to spot my Judas if I have one. Right. And what I think is so great is, you know, I wanted to study and come with like, let's talk about the relationship between Peter and Jesus because it's beautiful. Okay. Peter and Jesus, they had some moments. They are like, to me, like what a relationship and friendship should look like. Um, Jesus was, he believed in um, Peter. He spoke life into Peter. He challenged Peter. Um, he rebuked Peter when he needed to. Uh, when Jesus, when he was like, uh, no, Jesus, you can't die. You ain't gonna die. And he said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying that Peter was Satan. He was just saying, look, bruh, I said what I said. I got work to do. And whether you like it or not, I still have to do it. And so I think the relationship between Peter and Jesus is beautiful. Peter also, um, he denied Jesus three times. So it's not that, G that Peter and Jesus' relationship was perfect, but Peter had a heart of repentance. Peter loved Jesus and Peter wanted to continue to spread the good news in the gospel and even though he wasn't a hundred percent okay peter was a gangster he was out here they was like they came to get jesus he was like nah homie cutting people's ears off in front of jesus and jesus was like stop it <laughs> sorry about my friend put his ear back put the guy's ear back right so that's the relationship I wanted to talk about because I was like, this is beautiful. Like it just shows that you can be in communion with God and you don't have to be perfect and he'll love you. And you know, Jesus and Peter and Peter still went on to do great things for the church and God can use anybody, even if you raggedy and you cut people's ears off and you denied him in the season. As long as you have a heart of repentance, God is good, ain't he? And we raggedy. Yes. And Jesus is like, mm -mm. we talking about Judas today. Oh, so, how can you learn how to spot your Judas? So, we're going to take a quick break. I have five characteristics that I have found in my studies that I want to show to you to how to be able to spot your Judas in your own circles. And then we're going to talk about what to do once you have identified who these people are. So, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we will be right back.
Hey guys, it's your girl, Charlotte Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. All right, y'all, and we are back. So I found five characteristics in my studies that I feel like can help us identify people who may have that Judas spirit that may be in our circles. And so I wanna give you the tools to identify and then give you some tips as to what to do once you've identified these people who are around you. And so the way we're gonna do that is just to go through and look at the relationship that Judas and Jesus had. So point number one, Judas lacked faith in Jesus. So y'all know I love definitions and so on. I looked up the definition of faith. Now we know that Hebrews 11 and one tells us that faith is the things that are hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I know that definition of faith, but faith also means according to the dictionary, complete trust or confidence in something or someone. And Judas lacked faith in Jesus. And so in my reading, I found that all of the other disciples called Jesus Lord. Judas referred to Jesus as rabbi, which just means teacher. So he did not have faith that he was the true Messiah, that he was the Lord of Lords, but he did respect him as a teacher, but he was like, I don't really know if I believe, believe that you were the son of God, the way that Peter did when Jesus asked who, you know, who, who do you say that I am? Who does the world say that I am? And Peter was like, you are Jesus. <laughs> like, you are the son of God. Um, Judas is over here like, rabbi, teacher, right? So this shows that he lacked faith in who Jesus was. Um, and that to me correlated in the fact that a Judas in your own circle will not trust or have confidence in you. So if you have been called to a certain area, um, you tell, you know, this is that person that you're going to tell them that, hey man, I'm about to do this, I'm about to do that. They'd be like, girl, you know good and well, you can't, da, 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 da. right? And they call it keeping it real, but really they just don't have any faith that you can do what God has called you to do because they lack faith in you the same way that Jesus, Judas lacked faith in Jesus and refused to call him by his true title of Lord, right? Point number two, Judas lacked loyalty. And I know you're like, obviously, Charlotte, he lacked loyalty because he betrayed Jesus. No, Judas lacked loyalty 
early in his walk, you can see it. So this is even before the betrayal. So the definition of loyalty is to give or to show firm or constant support to or an allegiance to a person or an institution. So all throughout scripture, you see um, the disciples giving or pledging their allegiance to Jesus. Um, even Peter and Thomas, they were some ride or dies, okay? So like in John, um, in the book of John, Peter talks about how, you know, Jesus <clears throat> we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do whatever you do. Thomas is like, oh, Jesus dying, we dying too. And you don't see any scriptures at all about Judas declaring any kind of loyalty to Jesus. He was really silent a lot, but he was always lurking and around. Judas did not have a lot to say. Um, and to me, it was like, okay, so my Judas is going to be quiet and show a minimal amount or to no support. This is that friend in the group chat when you send a text like, oh, I got the job. Congrats. Or, girl, I wouldn't want that position if I were you because I heard that da 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 blah, and they call it keeping it real. Mm-mm. Baby, that's Judas. Jude, that's Judas. <laughs> okay? Your Judas is quiet and shows a minimal to no support at all. To you, your achievements, what you have going on, your Judas does not support you. And they lack loyalty to you and what you're trying to do. So they give no support and they show no allegiance. Okay? Judas lacked a relationship with Christ. What? Girl, he was a disciple. Girl, he followed him. So you can follow somebody and not have a relationship with them. You can be around somebody and not be in relationship with them. Just because you're around does not mean that you are in relationship. Relationship is, de is defined as a state of connection or association. You can know of somebody and not be in relationship with them. You can be around and not be in relationship with them. There's all there's always that one person like, oh yeah, that that's such and such. You know, I knew I you know I knew him, I knew of him, but I didn't know him like that, right? Like there was always that one person in high school that was like in the circle, and you knew like you knew who they were. Like oh, I know such and such, but I didn't really talk to him like that. You're not in relationship with them. You are around them, but you're not in relationship with them. The same way that Judas was not in relationship with Jesus. How did I come to this conclusion? There are only three, three documented conversations between Jesus and Judas in the Bible. None of them are positive. There was the time when um, Mary spilled her oil that we're going to talk about and anointed Jesus' feet. Judas came out of pocket about it and Jesus rebuked him. Conversation number one. Interaction number two was when Jesus said, somebody's going to betray me. And um, Judas was trying to play dumb. And he was like, is it me, Rabbi? Conversation number two. <laughs> number three, when he actually betrayed him. Those are the only three documented 
interactions in the Bible between Judas and Jesus. Isn't that insane? <laughs> like you were around him for three years. You hear all about Peter, all about Thomas, all about John. There are all these interactions between Jesus and his disciples. But Judas, there's only three documented conversations between them. None of them were positive. In one of them, he's not calling him Lord. He's calling him Rabbi. And it just showed me that your Judas is close enough to you, but they're not that close. They're close enough to be lurking, right? But they're not as close as you think that they are. And so it's really important to just evaluate who's around you that you are in, you know, you have somewhat of an association with them, but you're not in a good relationship with them. You don't even really know them like that. Like y'all don't even really be talking like that, but they just seem to always be around at the most opportune times. They don't never miss an event, but y'all don't really talk like that. Your Judas is close enough, but not that close. So we're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come back with our next two points and what to do once you've identified your Judas. Girl Charlotte Walker, the host of God Goals and Girl Talk, here to talk to you about my new prayer journal. Ah, I'm excited. It is on Amazon. Check God's resume. Why are we checking God's resume? Not because he's not great, but because sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of the things that he's already brought us through. This journal will walk you through just documenting the great things that God has done in your life. And it has prompts for quiet time, sermon notes. It tells you how to battle and deal with things that you're struggling with, prayer strategies, anything that you need is in this journal. It will bless you. Please go out, get you a copy on Amazon. It is called Check God's Resume. I cannot wait to hear how it blessed your life. Let's get back to the show. Charlotte Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Did y'all know I had a whole entire nonprofit? Yes, it's Hearts Over Habits Incorporated. Hearts Over Habits is a nonprofit that I started to help encourage and empower young women ages 17 to 24 in living the life that God has called them to live. We talk about life, relationships, education, anything that you need, we have it. And I want you to be a part. So whether you want to be a mentor, you say, hey, I'm older than that, but I love the show and I want to get in. Please, we need people out here helping our younger sisters. And if sis, you need 
need help, come, come, girl. We have a whole entire Facebook group, Hearts Over Habits Incorporated. Get in, get plugged in. We have so much fun, so much community in that group. And then we have our Online Life Academy launching in August. It is going to be phenomenal. We are going to have experts that are gonna be teaching classes in budgeting, career, anything that you need, we wanna make sure that we have it. So go ahead, get locked in. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Hearts Over Habits Tampa on Instagram and Hearts Over Habits on Facebook. Like, share, get in the group, add your friends, add your mama them, everybody, bring them all. Go to our website, www.heartsoverhabits.org today to either get plugged in with a mentor or to become a mentor and do our mentor application process or to volunteer. I am so excited about this community and everything that God is going to be doing and I want you to be a part. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, so we are back and we are talking about the five ways that you can identify your Judas in your circle. And we're doing this through this study that I've done. Um, I pulled out five different ways that I feel like we saw Judas's betrayal of Jesus before he actually betrayed Jesus. So we saw that he had no faith in Jesus, that he had no loyalty to Jesus, he had no relationship with Jesus, even though he was around, okay? Let that sink into your spirit. He sold our Lord and Savior for $600. Um, so part four, or number four, is that Judas was jealous, greedy, and had alternate motives. And so when I looked up the definition for greed, um, I also saw that coveted. To covet is a synonym of being greedy. And we know that that's one of the Ten Commandments that we should not covet. And so covet means to yearn, to possess, or to have something. And so one of the um, scriptures that I saw um, that I thought was really interesting was um, John 12, 3 through 8, in which we have one of the only documented conversations between Judas and Jesus, and Jesus was rebuking Judas. And so I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, um, and we're going to talk about how from this we find out about Judas's heart towards Jesus, that he was jealous, greedy, and he had alternate motives. So the scripture says, then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold for the money and given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, for he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Honey, look, let me tell y'all something. In this passage of scripture, we see that Judas is jealous that Mary took what would be considered a year's worth of money, her whole check, okay? So this took her whole check for the year, her whole annual salary. How much you make in a year? Now imagine taking that, buying your whole year's worth of wages and putting that on Jesus' feet 
and using your hair, sis, to anoint her feet. She loved her some Jesus. Do you hear me? Shout out to Mary, because we love her and her love for Jesus. And Jesus honored that. But Judas was trying to be self-righteous. Seemed as if he was like, why would you do that? Instead of taking that money and giving it to the poor, he seemed as if he was jealous of the position or the amount of loyalty or the amount of favor that Mary wanted to show to Jesus. He was jealous of that, trying to be self-righteous, saying that he really wanted to, that money should have went towards the poor, but really he just wanted to take some of that money and put it in his pocket because he was out here stealing. He was the treasurer of the disciples. Isn't that wild that even though Jesus knew that Judas would betray him, Jesus knew that he was stealing the money. You know, like he had, because he's Jesus, he was all knowing. And he still let him be in charge of the treasure. Like of the money, he was the treasurer. And to me, it just shows that that was not, like money was not where Jesus' heart lied. He was really more in charge of a more, um, he treasured more capturing the souls of people, spreading the good news. You see a lot of emphasis placed on the um, lives of the disciples who he said, you're gonna be fishermen of men and not a fish anymore. And Judas is just over here thinking that he has the clout, thinking that he secured the bag, thinking that he he has all of it in the palm of his hand because he's in charge of the money. But we know that you're like Jesus had Jesus had to know that you were stealing money. Jesus knew what you were doing, but he's not going to give that any energy right now because he knows that God is going to deal with Judas. Man, look, your Judas is negative and jealous. And only comes around when they may be in need, if they feel like it may be beneficial to them. Wow. Like he had he thought he was the treasurer and was stealing, but that wasn't that wasn't the treasure that Jesus was after, so it just wasn't a big like he wasn't even studying that. Oh, that was good. I didn't even get that till now. Let that sink in. That he knew that the person would betray him. He like he let him fall to his own devices. It just shows that if you continue to not take heed to God, take heed to what he's trying to teach you. Judas had the best teacher. Judas had the best leader. Judas had all of the resources. He literally had Jesus and he still fell because his heart wasn't right. It shows that you just cannot just be like, oh, well, I go to church. That does not matter. Judas was with Jesus and still is in hell today. Does not matter. Wow. Your Judas is jealous and they may be negative and only come around when they have a need. There's always an ulterior motive with your Judas. Always, always. So you got to start checking for it. And last but not least, Judas was clout chasing. And so we know that clout is defined as influence or power. And once he realized that the clout that he thought he was going to get was not what Jesus was after, he betrayed him. So 
in that time, and the, the documentary that I talked about, the Countdown to Calvary documentary, really discusses this, that in that time, it was thought that the Messiah would set up his kingdom by overthrowing the Roman rule um, via like a revolt or a rebellion. And so once Judas realized that Jesus was planning on dying and that the plan for establishing his kingdom did not look like what Judas thought it should or what Judas thought it would look like, Jude, Judas sold him for $600. Judas betrayed him for $600 after that. Oh, you're not going to do this the way that I think you should because Judas wanted to be a part of this big organization or this big movement that's going to come in and overtake Rome and it's going to look savage out here. We're going to be out here doing it for the gram. And when Jesus was like, no, nah, I'm going to die. He was like, what? Ah, oh, you tripping. You can't be the Messiah. Not that he ever thought that that was that he was that because we know that he didn't have any faith in him. That's why he called him rabbi. He didn't call him Lord. But once he realized like, oh, you're not even going to do a revolt. You're not even going to come out and I'm no longer going to get this clout. The way that you're going to do it, I'm not going to get no clout in this. Ah, I'm giving you up, bro. Ain't nobody got time for this. <laughs> right? So he sold him for $600 um, and actually took that money he was going to go and buy land. I would like, throughout my research, he was going to go and buy this land. Um, and he ended up giving the money back once he felt guilty for what he had done, but did not feel repentful. So you can have signs of remorse, of feeling sorry, feeling guilty for what you did, but not be repentant. And he never asked God for forgiveness. Um, what actually ended up of Judas is that he hung himself in this field and the rabbis or the prophecies once he took the money back they were like we can't use this money this is blood money and so they ended up buying purchasing this land um the same land that is said where judas went to go and um where he hung himself and um it's called the field of blood because it was purchased with blood money and so they talk about, um, in one of the um, books, I can't remember, I wanna say it was Matthew, they talk about the actual hanging. And then um, I believe in another one of the New Testament books, it talks about how um, he, it said that Judas fell and they found his, you know, his blood and guts were everywhere. But what they're thinking, they think that it was kind of a continuation of the story that Judas had hung himself. And when he started decomposing, he was like bloated, his body was bloated and decaying and all of that. And then either the rope or the twig snapped. And when his body fell, it his body busts. That's graphic, I know. <laughs> but this just tells you that Judas did not get away with it. His death was, it it was graphic, it was self-imposed, it was self-inflicted, and he never repented for what he did. He just felt sorry, guilty, but never repented. And they also said that he was tormented by, um, by the devil who had used him. And in the end, Jesus still wins. Isn't that dope? That's dope. So how do you deal once you identify or you think that you've identified your Judas? And it's really simple. There's three points. You want to pray 
and you want to ask God for clarity and instruction. Do not confuse your friend who is giving you good counsel because a good friend, they're not going to always say exactly what you want to hear. The same way that there were times in Jesus and Peter's relationship where Jesus had to say some things to Peter that Peter may not have wanted to hear. So don't confuse that with them being a Judas child. Maybe you just need to learn how to listen and take heed to some wise counsel out here in these streets, okay? So you want to pray and ask for clarity and instruction. Once God gives you the instruction, once you pray and say, God, show me anyone that's around me that is, does not have good intentions, does not have your intention, does not have, that's not a part of the plan or your will for my life. Remove anyone from me that is unlike you in my life. Once you do that and he highlights that individual, you need to obey the instructions and you need to obey them swiftly and you need to make sure you take heed to God's warning because it may not be somebody that you that you identify clearly. It may be your bestie. What if God told you today, get rid of the bestie, sis, because that she ain't your best? No, no, Jesus, I've known her since I was five. What did I say? He don't care about none of that, child. So be ready. <laughs> don't ask, don't ask unless you're ready to obey. So you want to pray and ask God for instruction? Obey the instruction. Heed the Lord's warning about this individual and then lastly you want to have boundaries it does not have to be ugly jesus told me you was a judas do, do not do that <laughs> it does not have to be ugly matter of fact you want to pray for that person but you also need to create boundaries and if you are struggling with that go back and listen to boundaries are blessed that's what it's for go back and listen to that episode it was fire but you don't have to have this big confrontation, right? Because even Judas, even Judas lied, was like, he tried to play dumb. Even Judas did this. If you look in Matthew 26, 24 through 26, Jesus is talking and it says, um, for the son of man must die as the, the scriptures, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible is it that it will be one for, for the one who betrays him, for it will be far better for that man to have not even ever been born. Judas, the one who betrayed him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? Sir, you knew good, sir, you knew good and well. Anyway, and Jesus told him, you said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it and he broke it to the um, broke it in pieces with the disciples saying, take of this and eat for it is my body. Um, and so this is at the Last Supper. So even in that moment, Judas knew and Jesus knew that it would be Judas. Like they both knew. He's like, oh, is it going to be me, God? And Jesus said, you said it. Like, you know, it's going to you know, it's you. He tried to play dumb. So it does not have to be confrontational. It does not have to be ugly. It don't have to be a fallout. Once God starts revealing people's hearts to you, just take that, start creating boundaries and let your boundaries speak for themselves. Pray for that person. 
So pray, ask God to show you. Once he shows you, you need to obey. And then once you once you get the word, create boundaries. It ain't gotta be ugly. You ain't gotta call 10 people so they get on board with you. None of that, none of it. Because remember, you're still responsible for your actions. Jesus could have did anything he wanted you to do this. He still ate with him, washed his feet, all of that. Not saying that you should allow somebody to mistreat you or misuse you or abuse you, but he didn't even, he knew that his calling was greater than a confrontation to prove that he was right or wrong. So many of us want to be able to get, let me say what I got to say and let me know. Sometimes you need to say nothing. Sometimes your silence is more powerful. Your calling is more important than the confrontation of you having some, like for them just to go, but Rabbi, am I the one? Come on, sis. People who are truly like this are never going to admit that they are at fault. Don't waste your time. Do not waste your time, okay? So, now that you have this information, I want you to take it, evaluate your squad. And if you don't have a squad right now because you feel like everybody's out to get you, go back and just identify where you've dealt with some Judases and not only identify them, but then I want you on the other side of the page to write out what lesson did God teach you in that? Because remember Romans 8, 28, all things work together for your good. What good came out of that situation that you thought was so ugly? How did God use that to build you? How did he build your character? What did he teach you in that season? What red flags did he show you at first where you didn't heed his instruction and you decided to keep going with it and then it ended up blowing up in your face? Go back and dissect that relationship. Go back and do the autopsy before you go and you declare the reason of death and all of that stuff. Go go and do the autopsy first. Get to the root of it and then figure out, okay, how do I move forward? Because I still need to be in community. Jesus still had disciples. And when he came back, there were still disciples. They did replace Judas. So it didn't make them all turn on each other. Oh, there's a traitor in the group. And da 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 No, it wasn't none of that because community is that important. Judas got replaced and the, and the mission continued. So that's all that I have for y'all. I know this episode is probably longer than most, but wow. Won't he do it? I missed y'all. I promise, I promise, I promise that we are going to get back on the wagon. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you guys, as we pray for healing over our land. Make sure to be mindful. Stay away from people. Wash your hands and don't touch your face. Okay, I love you guys. God bless you. And I will holla at you next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.